52 episodes, 52 ordinary people, 52 real stories about things that affect overall health. Because there is a lot more that goes into being healthy than food and fitness. Inspiration, support, a new perspective, and knowledge. You'll find that and more here on the HealthAbility Project. Hi, welcome to the HealthAbility Project. I'm Robin McKenna. Cancer, a word we never want to hear, but when we hear way too often, we just cannot get away from it. In 2020, cancer took the lives of almost 10 million people worldwide, and it is estimated that in the U.S. alone, nearly 40% of men and women will be diagnosed with cancer at some point in their lifetimes. Cancer infects our overall health and well-being. Whether we are the diagnosed, we are related to the diagnosed, or we simply care about someone we know who has been diagnosed. Here to share her story and her journey with ovarian cancer is Haley Dubin. Haley is a certified health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, founder of Revive Wellness, and host of the Cancer Liberation Project podcast. As a 25-year ovarian cancer survivor, her passion is to help people overcome the physical, mental, and emotional challenges that the cancer journey can bring. Her focus is with individuals that have completed treatment for cancer, as well as those with a strong family history. She teaches her clients how to nourish their body, mind, and soul so that they can feel confident in their ability to remain healthy and cancer-free. Thanks so much for being here with me today on the HealthAbility Project. Haley, I am so glad to have you. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to have this conversation with you. Great. So a 25-year survivor, that's amazing. I, I have never heard of somebody being a survivor of that length of time. How did this all start? Take us through your journey. Yeah, well... I was 29 years old at the time, so quite young. Wow. And I had a two-year-old at home. And I was trying to balance marriage, career, and motherhood and wasn't doing a very good job of it. I was completely stressed out, just felt out of balance. And, you know, I really thought, I could see that my life was not going in, in the right direction. And I even said to my husband, if something doesn't change, I'm going to get sick. And, you know, uh, be careful what you say out loud, right? Yeah. Uh, so basically, I was having pain on my right side. And I went to the doctor and they thought it was gas. They said, take some gas pills, go home. And then it just got worse and worse. I did not take the pills because I knew that I never had gas pains like that. And I ended up going to the emergency room because they thought my appendix might burst. Um, and after several tests, they saw something. Uh, they didn't know if it was cancer, but they told me I would need surgery to remove it. And I remember waking up in the recovery room 
to my husband's face, staring at me as he said, you have to survive. And I later found out when I came to that I had stage three ovarian cancer. So it it spread to my my appendix as well as my colon. So yeah, quite a shock. Oh my gosh. Wow. So you're laying there in in the hospital recovering. You have a two-year-old at home and your husband has basically said to you, you have to survive. What the heck was going through your mind? Yeah. I mean, I was so out of it then, but I remember that so clearly. And when I came to and heard that I had stage three ovarian cancer, it was just, I I don't think it hit me right away. I'm a pretty optimistic person. So I going in, I, I thought, oh, I'm going to be fine. Even though the doctors didn't give me that vote of confidence, but I just, I thought everything would be okay. And, you know, basically they told me that I, if I did the surgery and the chemotherapy that I needed to do, that I would have a a good chance of survival. Hmm. And so, you know, I just buried my head, did what I needed to do and got through it. And it was, of course, very difficult. I did a lot of soul searching. Mm. How did that soul searching go? I mean, what was your, was it uh, somewhat of a conversation about, I mean, what you said earlier about to your husband, if something doesn't change, I'm going to get sick. Was it about what needs to change and what will change? And Exactly. I knew, I knew things had, had to change. So after my treatment was over and it was pretty brutal, I actually had two surgeries. 22 inches of my colon removed, and I already mentioned my appendix. Uh, So after that, the chemotherapy was five days in the hospital for each round. So it was consecutive, and they would flush out the kidneys. So I was on IV fluids, you know, the whole time I was there. So afterwards, when I was finished with treatment, three months later, I remember having a conversation with my oncologist and just, you know, asking him so many questions about how can I avoid ever having to go through this again, if I can help it. And, and are there any support groups I can go to? And, and he had no answers for me. I mean, all he said was go back to living your normal life and I'll see you in three months. And, you know, it was then yeah, that I knew I had to change my life. I wasn't going to wait for a doctor's appointment to, to know if I'm healthy. Right. And I did a lot of soul searching. I I knew that I was very stressed out in my career. And, you know, I, I spoke to my husband about it. I just said, listen, I can't go on doing what I'm doing because I was supposed to be working part time but it really wasn't working out that way. So I have my two-year-old and I'm trying to balance everything. And I just knew it wasn't wasn't good for me. So with his support, I, I did leave my job and I decided to stay home with him. And during it, you know, I just, I, I began to research foods and 
lifestyle habits and mindsets that can help me in my healing and and hopefully support me in avoiding recurrence moving forward. So it just was a lot of really looking deep in my life and realizing things have to change. Something in me knew that something had to change. Right. And you were clearly willing. It seems you were ready to ready to make that change. I just want to back up to something that you said earlier because I've I've interviewed a couple of different people with cancer diagnoses and a couple of them have actually said that when they approach the doctor about support groups or other resources to help them navigate a holistic healing process, the doctors were empty-handed, nothing to say, nothing, no, no information, nothing. And I think that's, you know, that's just a confirmation of what so many of us are talking about now about our healthcare system and that the, the disconnect between treating a symptom and treating the whole system. That is so true. And I was grieving the fact because I had a total hysterectomy mm. and I was grieving the fact that I can no longer bear children and I had no one to talk about it with. I mean, yeah, I talked to my family about it, but I didn't feel like anyone could understand or relate. And so that was a very, very tough, tough thing for me. And, you know, just mourning the loss of a body part too. And thinking, oh my gosh, is my husband going to want to stay with me if I can't bear any more children and all that kind of stuff. So there's just so many issues that come up. Right, right. How was your support network while you were going through the the course of treatment to to eradicate the cancer? I mean, you have a two-year-old at home. Somebody had to step in and help you with the care of that, that child because I'm assuming your husband was working. Exactly. Um, so I, luckily, when I was working, I had someone who came to the house and she continued to come and she was amazing. Her name was Harriet and I just love her so much. And my (laughs) sister-in-law helped a ton too, which was so sweet. And my family, my sister, my aunts and all that. So I had so much support. You know, I felt so grateful for that. And and just the relief of knowing that at least part of your to-do list is, is being taken care of to help you just focus on you getting better. Exactly, exactly. And then even in the hospital, my family stayed with me in the hospital when I was there for five days. I mean, wow. I had someone different come every every night because I just was so anxiety ridden. Mm. And, you know, so it's just a lesson to ask for what you want, you know, and what you need. Right, right. Was, you know, sometimes people just don't know what to give you and, and you do need to give them a little bit of direction. And I know we all feel uncomfortable doing that. We're not really programmed to say, I want, or, you know, God forbid, I need, right? So true. So true. And yeah, people I work with now, you know, I always tell them, ask for what you want, because people want to help so badly. And they end up saying, what can I do for you? And you say, nothing, nothing. And not, and nothing gets done. But if you just give them little tasks, they're so willing to do it. Right. Yeah. Even the simple stuff helps, right? Knowing that that's getting covered so you can focus on the big stuff. Exactly. So how long was it 
before or how long was the journey between getting this diagnosis, going through your chemo, and then getting to a point where you were free and clear? I think there's usually a five-year milestone marker, but there has to be some marker before that that makes you think more positively. Well, it's interesting because at my three-month checkup, I had a CAT scan and they said there was no evidence of disease and that I was cancer-free. Wow. And, you know, although it sounds so great, you're, you're just so... Get over your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. You're scared. You're unsettled. And then really for ovarian cancer, they said 10 years. Um, wow. You know you're in the free and clear after 10 years. So wow. it's quite a while. Wow. That's a very long time to just have to live with that thinking it, it could come back. It could come back. Wow. What did you do in that, in that, in that 10 year time? Was there, I don't know, you know, people get into mantras or, or some kind of a positivity routine, you know, writing down what they're grateful for or journaling. Did you do any of that? Did you, and did you find it helpful? Was there something else that you did that? Yeah. It's funny because my best friend gave me a journal and this was right when I was diagnosed and she saw it on Oprah, you know, writing <laughs> three to five things you're grateful for every day. And I am a big Oprah fan. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. And I have to say it really, really helps reframe your mind. But I would also use it as a journal just when times were tough and this is going on, I, I'm not feeling well, or I feel scared or anxious. And then I would turn it into a positive, but this happened today. My son did this, or it's sunny out and, you know, it's a beautiful day. So whatever it is, um, just the little things, it, it really helps so, so much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I began to really study nutrition and uh, I would go to lectures, um, self-help books, you know, anything I could get my hands on. I was just absorbing information and, you know, I used it as a, as a learning curve just to learn about me, um, what I want. And, you know, I, I tell people that all the time that it's so important to live in integrity to what you truly want, because I think when we're young and, and especially women, we don't really listen to what we want. We look on the outside. What do people think? we should do? You know, what should we do as a career? What should we study in school? And that was one of the biggest learning lessons for me was just to live with integrity to what I truly want and and live life on my terms. Yeah, it's hard when you're going along. And, and most of us, I mean, really, it's just normal that we're conditioned to really <laughs> live life for others, right? Yes. Yes. And we're so, you know, we feel so bad. We're caretakers. So we feel so bad if, or selfish, if we are taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when you were journaling and you were journaling the, you know, the complaints, let's say, or, you know, when things didn't, weren't going that great, did you find that therapeutic? Because I would think that you have to get it out. You can't carry negative. Sometimes you just have to verbalize it and, and then it just feels better, right? You're so right. And I think a lot of people have trouble with that because they don't want to 
feel bad. So they don't want to talk about their emotions or even write them down. But our cells are smart and they store those negative emotions. So that's what causes dis-ease in the body. So it's so important to release negative emotions. And yeah, writing them down helps so, so much. Sometimes I even tell people to write things down and shred them, do something to release them. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's great. That's a great idea. So you get to the 10-mile mark, you're free and clear. What was the next step? Where When did the idea for the podcast come in and, and the coaching? Yeah, so... I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So it took about a month to get my energy back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it came back. I felt great. And, you know, people were asking me, like, what have you done? What changes have you made? And I started telling people. And then I thought, you know what? I would love to help people with this. People like me who you know, have finished treatment and have that fear of recurrence and just want to want help reclaiming their health and their lives. Uh, So I later decided to go back to school to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to become a health coach. And I did that in 2000 and well, I graduated in 2012. Mm -hmm. So uh, ever since, 11 years now, I've been coaching people and, you know, helping them just reclaim their health. And are you coaching people specifically that have had cancer diagnosis or others as well? Yeah. So in the beginning, I saw many, many people, you know, people who wanted to lose weight, people who had migraine headaches, people who had thyroid issues, digestive issues. Um, now I'm solely helping cancer survivors. After they're finished with treatment, people come to me too when they're diagnosed and maybe they don't want treatment. I mean, that happens too. And I can direct them for certain therapies. But, you know, I, I'm big into complementary when you do chemotherapy mm-hmm. to do some complementary things too. Mm-hmm. So. Well, also too, I mean, you say complementary, but, you know, Western medicine focuses on the medicine part and the complementary part is really the focus on the whole rest of what's going on to make it the holistic health package, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And it's true because they want to get rid of the disease. They're not looking at you becoming healthy. So it's really important to look at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to really maybe just adjust lifestyle, behavioral changes. That's not what an oncologist really does. You got it. Exactly. And it is, it's hard for people to make those changes. So a coach's job, as you know, is to help people make sustainable ch- changes. And, you know, sometimes it's just baby steps, just doing one thing at a time. Yeah. And so when did you come up with the idea for the podcast? Yeah. So it's interesting. In 2020, 
<laughs> I was thinking about it. You know, it's like we all had so much time on our hands, right? Yes, yes. And I was coaching a client and she said to me, you know, you would be great at a podcast. You should do a podcast. And it's so funny because I was thinking about it before she said it. And I'm like, okay, that's my sign. I am going to do this. <laughs> so I took a class at, to learn how to do a podcast. And I named it the Cancer Liberation Project. And it has been running since 20. Uh, it was, wait, March of 21. No, it was when I started interviewing. So July of 21 was when it was first published. And it has been just such a passion project. I mean, I interview amazing survivors who have done incredible things after their journey with cancer to help other people. And then also practitioners who are thinking outside the box to mm -hmm. heal cancer. And it's it's very positive, uh, gives great tips for people that are looking for extra help. And it could be found anywhere you are getting your podcasts. Yeah. I like that approach as far as it's not just the cancer survivors, it's the people that are helping people to live life after cancer or maybe through cancer, because, you know, it really does just dovetail with what we talked about earlier about holistic health. You can't have one without the other, right? Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So what's next? <laughs> oh, such a good question. Wow. I haven't thought that far. Um, I'm just enjoying this podcast so much, enjoying working with amazing people who want to make changes. And that's the big thing that you need to really want to make a change. Because if you're just saying, okay, things need to change and you're not really willing or you don't have that mindset that you really want to get better, then it's not going to go as well, you know? So it's been an amazing ride and I'm, I'm so grateful to have been healthy for all these years now and to be able to help others. It is an amazing story, especially considering I'm sure ovarian cancer was the last thing you thought you were going to wake up to after you went into the emergency room that night. And uh, that's a pretty severe cancer diagnosis to receive, especially as a young woman of childbearing age and to navigate it. I mean, you know, lucky for you, you had a good support system and you just were strong and determined to get through it and, you know, in return, help others. Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, I think why I love interviewing survivors so much is because I feel that they're so resilient, mm -hmm. you know, that they have, they try everything they can to, to get better. And it's not that everyone for sure gets healthy. I mean, you, you know, you don't know, only God knows what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But if you can transform your life in any way, you know, if you can forgive that person that, that anguished you all those years ago, mm -hmm. or, you know, just have joy in your life. I mean, that's huge. So, you know, I want to tell people that because I've had friends that, I mean, to me, have lived life to the fullest and did not 
did pass away from cancer. And to me, it's not, I don't like when people say they lost their battle, you know, they, they fought and they lost their battle. Cause to me, that is just so not true. I mean, I had a friend who passed away from pancreatic cancer and she was so full of life and she was just amazing and lived her life so fully. So, you know, I, I don't want people to think like, oh, if you, if you're, if you get a recurrence or if something doesn't go the way you wanted, that you are somehow losing, you, mm -hmm. you know, that that's just not true. They live their life in despite of cancer. Yes. In defiance of cancer. And that's a hard and very brave thing to do because you're not feeling great a lot of the time and to just keep pushing yourself and do things and be with people versus sitting at home feeling poorly. That's a big choice to make. Um, but yes. that's, that's defiance, really. That's For defiance. sure. Wow. What a great conversation. I'm all fired up and inspired. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Thank you. Really enjoyable. Thank you. And thank you for what you're doing with the Cancer Liberation Project and the coaching. Uh, there, are, there are not enough people out there like you. And and hopefully, hopefully, listeners today, if you liked us, like us, share with your friends about us and take what Haley has said to heart and uh, reach out to someone you know with cancer. Maybe Haley can help them. So thanks very much for tuning in. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach me via email at thehealthabilityproject at gmail.com. And we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us today at The Healthability Project. We'd love to hear from you. So please email us your questions, comments, or suggestions, including future guests, to the Healthability Project at gmail.com. And please like us, subscribe, and share us with your friends.